pain has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News & World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. In 2005, there were very few advocacy organizations for those living in pain. If you are a young woman with a chronic disease like pain, there were virtually no online or community support groups. But Jenny Procopi changed all that by creating Chronic Babe. It's an online support group for younger women who want to move beyond their pain to live full lives. It's a supportive community that listens, teaches acceptance, and offers coping strategies. In fact, when it comes to coping techniques, research supports their potential for improving pain, function, and making us feel better emotionally. On today's show, we'll find out how Jenny has overcome 20 years of having fibromyalgia, why she created Chronic Babe, and how it's making a big impact on the lives of its community. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Purdue Pharma, Teva Pharmaceuticals, Millennium Laboratories, The Pain Community, and Boston Scientific. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. Jenny Procopi was diagnosed with fibromyalgia when she was 25. It changed her life and led her down a dark path. When she made a decision to advocate for herself, though, it redefined her life and led to many accomplishments. Jenny, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. First, you've got a book coming out soon. Tell us about it. It's essentially a primer for people who want to understand what it means to be a chronic babe. Mm -hmm. It's called Chronic Babe 101, Craft an Incredible Life Beyond Illness. And it's all about taking practical day-to-day steps to evolve and change your life to, so that you can be the best that you can be in every moment. So mm-hmm. it's packed with lots of practical tips. We take a deep dive into the concept of acceptance, which yeah. I think is quite challenging for many people with chronic pain. Mm-hmm. And I walk people through lots of basics like relationship issues, intimacy, career issues, communication, stuff like that. Well, you know, it sounds very comprehensive. Jenny, in 2005, you created an online pain advocacy group called Chronic Babe. Why? I have been living with fibromyalgia um, for many years. I was diagnosed in 1997. Mm -hmm. At 25, being diagnosed with that was very confusing, and I felt very alone with it. None of my peers had anything like it, so it was a very isolating experience, and you know, at that time, I had an AOL account and a 56K modem. I mean, there was nothing <laughs> online, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so in 2005, I finally had figured out how to 
build a strong, robust career and how to be physically active and have you know great relationships with people. And I wanted to share that information with others. So I started Chronic Babe as a way to do that, to share my information and my experience and to help others build community around that. Fantastic. And Jenny, you know, at that time, there were very few online pain advocacy groups even available. What about local uh, community support groups? I... Um, get a lot of my pain management treatment and advice from the Rehabilitation Institute of Chicago, mm-hmm. and they run a chronic pain support group, and they've been able to refer people to other groups that I know are really successful. Right. Personally, I haven't found any that are in person, but lots of people find them through their hospitals or through referrals from their physicians, or they meet people, for example, like at meetup.com or... Um, even some of the other, like the bigger pain advocacy groups like U.S. Pain Foundation, yeah. they do a great job of helping individuals find pain support groups. They really do, and I think they also do a good job of helping people find physicians who specialize in pain. Do you feel like the content of the online support groups is more geared toward a, a different demographic? Well, I do find that a lot of the, of the content that's, that's offered is geared for an older demographic. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, we have all these younger people who need those resources and they need to feel respected and heard where they are at their age and and where they are in their life. You know, that was when I first got sick. I mean, I used to joke that I would open arthritis magazine, right? And the ads would be for like, or articles would be about how to pick up your grandkids safely. And I always used to like to joke that I really needed an article about how to pick up a guy at a grocery store <laughs> because that's where I was in my life. Right. So I would love to see more resources that are geared toward younger people. Um, a lot of times cultural concerns in other communities are a little bit different and we need to be aware of those and address those and in, in how we help people manage their pain. I agree. I think it's important to have targeted support groups. And Jenny, what's your role in Chronic Babe? Well, Chronic Babe um, is really about me sharing personal experiences and what I learned from them. People really know me and they trust me and, and I respect that. So I want to keep giving them personal stories so that they can see the journey of a real person. And mm-hmm. I try to bring authenticity into everything I do. I think that is so important. Right. And the second thing is to really give people tools and resources Um, Even anecdotes they can think about that teach them how to craft their own exceptional lives. So what works for me may not work for somebody else, but at least if they see that I'm making an effort or that I'm trying something new or different um, and that inspires them to go out and do the same, then I have done my work. Absolutely. Now, I have to ask you, how did you come up with the name Chronic Babe? Oh, that's a fun one. Well, I had two different um, focus groups in my house, Mm -hmm. and we brainstormed a bunch of names. I asked them all what would they need. You know, these are all women who had some kind of chronic illness or chronic pain. Yeah. You know, we came up with all kinds of names, and Chronic Babe just stuck because it's catchy. It's definitely different from anybody else out there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Right? Uh Um, It's a little irreverent. It uh, can be a little silly. Mm-hmm. So much of the resources that we see in our community are real drag. They're like, here's a 10-step program for managing your chronic illness. But when <laughs> people hear chronic babe, they're, they perk up. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, can I really be a babe if I'm sick at home and haven't washed my hair? <laughs> and, you know, my answer is always, yeah, yeah, you're definitely a babe. Like, 
if we nurture that inner beauty in ourselves and if we also learn better self-care techniques so that we can nurture our outer beauty if we choose to, if, we, if we're really doing work that we love and building, nurturing relationships based on authenticity and true support, mm-hmm. that is being a chronic babe. That's accepting that you have chronic pain or chronic illness and really living an incredible life in spite of it. I like that message very much. Now, hold on. After the break, you will not believe what doctors told Jenny when she was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Teva, the leading global pharmaceutical company committed to increasing access to high-quality health care by developing, producing, and marketing affordable generic medicines, as well as innovative and specialty pharmaceuticals. Millennium Health is a leading health solutions company that delivers accurate, timely, clinical, actionable information to inform the right treatment decisions for each patient at the right time. Millennium offers a comprehensive suite of services to better tailor patient care. More information is available at www.millenniumhealth.com. Welcome back. We're here with Jenny Procopi. Jenny is the founder of Chronic Babe, which is an online support group for younger women who want to move beyond their pain to live full lives. Jenny, you were diagnosed with fibromyalgia in your 20s, and people said, you're just too young to be sick, or it's a shame that your life is ruined. What kind of an impact did that have on you? Oh, Dr. Christo, that was the worst. <laughs> that was the worst. You know, the first pain specialist that I saw, she wasn't really a pain specialist. You know, her advice to me at the time, I mean, they gave me this little trifold brochure and told me to take a couple Advil and get ready for a life of pain. That's wow. what she said to me. Yeah. And I was devastated emotionally. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. It felt like my life was completely over. Sure. I, you know, I was a very active person. Um, I enjoyed sports, sailing. I, I would go clubbing and stay out till 4 a.m. dancing. Like, I really <laughs> like to be active. Mm-hmm. And so it was pretty devastating. And then to go to my first couple in-person support group meetings where everybody did say to me, you're way too young. There's no way you really have this. I mean, they were really um, shaming me and kind of denying my reality, my experience. So it was very, very difficult. And so I was kind of pissed off for a while and pretty isolated with it. Nobody I knew really got it. Yeah. You know, now I'm in my 40s. A lot of my friends get it, right? Because even if they don't have chronic pain, they've had, you know, year-long bouts of back pain or whatever. As each of them has an, a, a pain experience, they come to me and say, I finally get it, you know. <laughs> I absolutely understand because I hear this from my patients all the time. And a mission of Aches and Gains is to create an awareness of the realities of having pain and that you're not alone. How did you overcome this feeling of hopelessness? At the beginning, it was very, very difficult. I, I come from a family that nurtures a really strong work ethic. Mm-hmm. So I think that was part of it. I was pretty dang determined to not let it get the best of me. Once you have a run of a few days where you feel better emotionally about your circumstances, for me, it's hard to go back to the down days. You know, I get really motivated. I do do my best to find the positive every day and, you know, really, really make something of it. Yes. I think that if you're able to surround yourself with positive, supportive people, that helps as well. Jenny, what has it been like for you to live with fibromyalgia? And delve into some of the symptoms and cognitive problems that you've had. I'm glad you mentioned cognitive struggles because a lot of people kind of blow off that part of it, but it's significant. Mm -hmm. I do have lots of days where my head is just in a fog and 
That's really hard, especially when you run your own business and you get calls out of the blue to, to do stuff or talk to people. It can be really rough. Yeah. Um, most days I have some level of pain. Most days it's manageable, but some days it's not. Um, and that pain can be all over just kind of a dull ache. Sometimes it's sharp pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's muscle tightness. So I do a lot of yoga and stretching and stuff. Um, I have a hard time sleeping, so I take some meds, and I have a great sleep hygiene routine that has like 10 different things in it. I <laughs> take lots of headaches. I have lots of gastrointestinal-related issues. So, it, you know, there's a lot of inflammation that happens, how I eat, when I eat, or when I take my meds in relation to food. All that stuff can really upset my stomach and give me other symptoms that are not so cool. Yeah, you know, having fibromyalgia is such an all-consuming process. And, you know, I want to ask you, honestly, was there a point when you ever thought about ending your life? Wow, that's a tough question. Um, you know, to be honest with you, I have had a couple moments where it has popped into my mind. Yeah. And when I was a child, I had other things going on and, and I came close to doing it then. Um, you know, depression runs in my family and it's something I have to work with all the time to mm-hmm. manage. So I have had a couple bouts of pain that were so intense that the idea would pop into my mind, but I've worked with um, a psychologist, a, cr- a cognitive behavioral therapy for chronic pain, and I, I know that the minute that that kind of thought pops into my mind that I reach out to her and I reach out to my other loved ones, to my boyfriend, my sisters. I don't want to say like I'm bragging on myself, but I mean it takes courage for anyone to do that, for them to admit that they have those feelings. Mm-hmm. And I wish that we made it easier for people in our community and in the world, really, to speak out when they have those feelings. Because if we just have a moment to really discuss them, we get clarity. And we know that's not really what we want to do. We just know that we are feeling helpless in that moment. Um, And just sometimes even the act of telling someone and being heard is enough to turn the day around. It absolutely is. And I want to mention that the risk of suicide nearly doubles in those with pain. Well, stay with us because after the break, we'll talk about the treatments that have been the most successful for Jenny. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by The Pain Community, a web-based nonprofit created by people living with pain. Check out paincommunity.org for information, references, advocacy tools, and a premium section to securely interact with other members in forums and chat rooms. Boston Scientific a leader in microelectric implantable technologies used to treat chronic neuropathic pain. Welcome back to the show. Jenny, over time, which treatments for fibromyalgia have been the most effective for you? I have found a couple of medications that really help me, but I do take one of the three FDA-approved medications for fibromyalgia. I take an antidepressant with an anti-anxiety component, and then I take a lot of supplements and vitamins I have a bunch of other concurrent conditions too, so like asthma, Raynaud's, hypothyroid, GERD. I do a daily yoga and stretching routine twice a day. I meditate every day. I try to get some cardio in every day. I eat a gluten-free diet, and I do just mostly try to eat a lot of whole food. You know, I use some spiritual pursuits, social activity, all kinds of range of motion things. So I use a sit-stand desk so that I'm not sitting all day or standing all day. It's a big variety. (laughs) It is a variety, but you know, I'm so glad you're using an integrative approach to managing your life and moving beyond the pain. Also, I want to mention the three FDA-approved medications for fibromyalgia. They are milnasopran or Civella, 
pregabalin or Lyrica, and finally deloxetine, also known as Cymbalta. Now, Jenny, it seems like at one point you made a deliberate decision to advocate for yourself, and that was a defining moment. When I realized that I could start asking more questions and pushing for more answers or more options um, and advocating much more strongly and fiercely for myself, it it just changed everything. Mm -hmm. So I think of it more now as a collaborative relationship. They sure know a lot. They know a heck of a lot more than I'll ever know, except I know my body. Mm -hmm. And if we work together, if we collaborate as a team, and if we respect each other, we wind up with a much better result. When it comes down to it, our healthcare providers, and you know this, I mean, you just, you want people to feel better. Mm -hmm. In a way, it's like I gained more respect for them because I I started to think about what their mindset would be in treating someone with chronic pain and how frustrating it could be for them to work so hard and continue to not fix the person. Mm -hmm. I mean, that can be really, really frustrating. You're right. On the other hand, it can be extremely gratifying to see patients move in a positive direction. Now, Jenny, will you talk about the loneliness of living with chronic pain? Because I think that's a hidden aspect of having pain. This is why we built our online forum where we have thousands of members who can talk to each other. This is why we have the Chronic Babe Facebook page so people can get in touch with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I build these tools for people because I want them to know that they are not alone and that they, there are support systems out there for them. And that's a big part of what drives my work because when we're lonely, when we feel like we don't have anybody, that can really lead to a sense of despair and separation. Mm -hmm. And when we feel more connected to others and to our community, it it really helps us cope. If if nothing else, it can be a distraction some days when the pain is bad. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can be a great pain management technique. Absolutely. I think that interconnectedness that exists between people can offer a great deal of support, especially in times of need and in times of chronic illness. I've had patients say to me, you know, Dr. Christo, nobody can completely understand what I'm going through. I mean, I have pain and no one can understand. But Jenny, is that unique to pain? I mean, is there anything different about having chronic pain from other health problems? It's true that no one can truly understand what it's like for us. Mm -hmm. When we focus on the idea that no one can truly understand, we are again, going back into this victimhood, this space of separation. Mm -hmm. And I really like to nudge people back into into connection and so focus instead on what that person does understand. Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. And when we continue, we'll find out exactly what type of sacrifices Jenny's had to make in her life because of pain. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, a global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. Visit TameThePain.com to learn about treatment options for chronic pain. Purdue Pharma, making a positive impact on healthcare and on lives, reminding everyone to safeguard medications in their home. For cutting-edge treatments and resources, follow Dr. Paul Christo on Twitter or like Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo on Facebook. Welcome back. Jenny, give us an idea of the type of sacrifices that you've had to make on a daily basis because of pain. I think that I gave up on probably a much more hard-charging career. You Mm -hmm. know, when I was very young and I was in journalism school, I really wanted to be 
uh, reporter in the field and travel the world and, and really be out there. And I was very early into my career when I got sick, and it was very clear that I could not physically do that. So I had to just re-engineer my writing career. What, How could I take my journalism skills and my love for telling stories and helping others tell their story and turn that into something that I could still really enjoy? Right. There's a lot of social events that I don't attend. Um, sometimes at the last minute I have to cancel and some, sometimes people will say, you know, we're planning, you know, we're planning like, let's, we're all going to go salsa dancing together. And I'll say, you know, if I can sit at the bar and have a cocktail and then dance for like two songs, if you guys aren't going to feel weird about that, sure, I'll come, mm-hmm. you know. So the more years I spend with this condition, the, the better I understand what my limitations are and the more comfortable I am setting boundaries and limits with people. So I feel like I sacrifice less and I'm also just not afraid to go to something and skip out halfway through either. Exactly. On the other hand, how do you withstand the temptation to allow the sacrifices to lead to isolation? Mm, Well, that's a tough one. I mean, I have over the years built in lots of mechanisms throughout my day to mm-hmm. ensure that that doesn't happen. Okay. I text with people every day. I instant message people. I'm on social networks. I have phone dates scheduled with my sisters and with my best friends. I'm living with somebody who really challenges me to stay social. And if I give up a night going out with friends, I'm not just going to lie on the couch alone by myself. I'm going to text a bunch of people and say, I'm sad because I'm on the couch alone by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And they'll text me funny photos or stories or call me and check in. So I've built a habit of taking action so that I'm not isolated. Good for you. I think those constant communication links are key. And let's talk about Chronic Babe, but the Chronic Babe community, because it links people together who have a common condition. How has it empowered you as well as others? First of all, I've been able to finally build a career that's based around this ideal of helping people. And that's really fantastic. It's really Mm -hmm. wonderful to get to do this work all the time, um, to coach people, to publish a book, to create all these other resources. I mean, I have bonds with people all over the world that are so strong that I know I can reach out at any moment, 24 hours a day. I will find somebody online or on the phone or via text who gets me, who believes in me, who will give me words of support, who will tell me, you know, a fart joke, mm-hmm. whatever. They're going to make me laugh, you know. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna take me out of my, my miserable self in that moment. And yeah. so you're, to have that means I'm, I'm never alone, unless I really want to be, and I mostly don't want to be. So <laughs> Naturally. I'm really glad to hear that you've developed such a tight network of support and friends. How does Chronic Babe ease the fear of having a chronic disease like pain. Pain just isn't going to get the best of me because mm-hmm. even on my worst days, and I will say, especially the activism that I do with the U.S. Pain Foundation, yeah. you know, to go to an event and see people who are in so much more pain than I am every day, and mm-hmm. they are still, you know, they're on full-time disability, and they are still going out there and being advocates in the community. Yeah. Knowing people like that, and I would not have known them unless I did Chronic Babe, Knowing people like that helps me know that this pain is never going to get the best of me. I might have down days, but it's not going to ruin my life. So right. That's been great. And, you know, on the flip side, I feel like that by showing people that through really sharing a lot of my life online and giving room for people to share their stories, they're helping each other 
learn that they don't have to be so limited, that it's mm-hmm. not life-ending. And that is, I mean, that is a gift to be able to do that work. Mm-hmm. And giving up is not an option. Occasionally, I will post something on social media or on our website, and I will just say, I'm having a really crappy day. Mm-hmm. And people will just show up in droves to tell me, listen, you are the chronic babe. You've got this. Everything's going to be cool. Yeah. You know, here's a funny joke. Here's a song I love. Here's a picture my kid drew for you. Mm-hmm. I feel like I get as much out of it as any of my community members. You sure do. And please join us for part two for many more insights on how to be a chronic babe. Jenny, it was fantastic having you on the show today. Oh, thanks, Paul. It was such an honor. Thank you. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Games. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.